people say I'm crazy Broadcasting from the Live Network Studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey, it's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. Thank you, Paul Kelly. It is a special show, Nick. It is a special intro for a special person. That I know you and I hold very, very dear to our hearts. Care to guess what anniversary we are on right now? Oh, we're talking anniversary. Well, well it's birthday, birthday. Special person's birthday. Special person's birthday. Special person's 80th birthday, if they were alive. Special person's 80th birthday, if they were alive. Born in 1940. The most influential... Sounds like uh, John Lennon? You got it. There you go. Beautifully done, Nick. I didn't even have to say anything past. The most influential. That's all I said. Yeah, no, I was already on John Lennon before you even got to that point. I was just doing the math in my head, making sure that... Because uh, I, I was not aware that... what well, today's the 9th, right? Yep. At uh, October 9th was his birthday. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was the ninth. It's this week, so I guess I could find out pretty quickly. Um, I figured you were going Eddie Van Halen for sure this week. Yeah, it, it's it was intro outro, and I figured you know, well we would get oh, to better outro right. We would get to Eddie through the course of the show. Although um, Eddie actually does one of my favorite overners. Care to guess? October ninth was John Lennon's birthday, so we are actually on the day. Um. 80th birthday. All-time, you know, I would say top 10 in my all-time favorite openers is a Van Halen song. Eruption? Nah. I understand the technical thing with Eruption and how awesome it is, but that... Well, what's uh, Ain't Talking About Love? That's what comes after Eruption, right? That's what I always look at. Oh, is that what comes after Eruption? It's it's not Hot for Teacher. I guess the intro to Hot for Teacher reminds me of Eruption. Maybe that maybe that's what it is. Bow, 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 no, uh, that's Hot Pan- for Teacher. Panama. Panama. Oh, Panama's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, Eddie Van Halen is a legend among legends, but I was saving him for the entertainment round, so that's uh you right, know. I, I, I got something Eddie for you in the entertainment round too. We can Okay, that that works perfectly. So let's get it to get into episode one eighty two of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Nick and Drew back with you. Very grateful to be back. Another week talking trivia for you, Nick. I've got a lot for you. A lot of really really good stuff this week. So without further ado, I'm going to ask you a multiple choice question, and I bet it is something that you have never once thought about in your entire life, and that will make it fascinating. So Nick, profanity vulgarity, or obscenity. 
Which word primarily deals with religious matters? Did you know that they were different, by the way? All three of them. Say it again. Profanity, vulgarity, or obscenity. Which word primarily deals with religious matters? In other words, one of those three words, even though they, right. they all are kind of defined, is specific I I to religion. Pretty good, I think I have a pretty decent shot at this. Not that I went to Catholic school, but I did go through religious education and my confirmation and all. And for some reason, the word obscene just seems to have a... I'm going to go with obscenity. It's profanity. profanity. Profanity deals specifically with blasphemy or things that are against God. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I would have known blasphemy. You know what I mean? But I, right, you know, right. Blasphemy. From profanity to blasphemy, I, I just I didn't see the correlation there. Obscenity is uh, specifically sexual. Right. That's I, I was thinking, like, to do something obscene. Sure. That, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, that is, that definitely offends religion the most. But but profanity is more like if you say, uh, you know, gosh damn it, and that type of thing. You know what I mean? Like you're specific. You you're specifically using the Lord's name in vain or making references to blasphemous claims. That's what profanity is defined as. Vulgarity is just poor language. Just you know, utter garbage. And that's the difference. Isn't that fascinating? Indeed. All right. What do you got for me on the Quiz of Trivia podcast? All right. So let's get it started uh, with this one. All right. I, I got a follow-up, but here's the opening uh, to the question here. Uh, do you know the famous New York City deli that Meg Ryan makes a scene at during the movie When Harry Met Sally? Second Avenue Deli? Movie. No. Uh Hmm. Is that even a famous deli? Second yeah, the Second Avenue, Avenue deli? deli used to be. I mean, they're all closed now, including that one. Oh, it's got a name. It's a dude's name, like um, uh, something with an M, right? Nope. Not an M, but it is somebody's name. I mean, it's... Hmm. I know you know this place. I'm surprised. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not the... It's not just, just not popping out at me. Um this is like the one that made it. But the Carnegie Deli closed. Yeah, that's well, that's what I would have said, darn it. Now you just gave me the, you just had well, me. Well, that's the wrong one. Right. Yeah, the Carnegie Deli was, was what I was trying to come to. Um, Carnegie, Carnegie Deli was just downright unreasonable price. I mean, it was like $35. You eat there once, and it was like, we're like, what? It's like a sandwich is 30 bucks. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I've been there a couple of times, but yeah, you, you can actually split a sandwich because they're so big. But yeah, it's like it's like forty dollars by the time you have a sandwich and pay tax. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's just not popping out at me, so I'm gonna have to to yield, even though this is clearly wheelhouse and I've clearly eaten there oh, before. Man. Yeah, cats, 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 cats deli. deli. Is that still there? I don't know. Cats might yeah, be still there. Yeah, that's the one that cats is the one that made it. It's down by. Uh, I think it's like. By NYU, if I remember correctly. I'll have what she's having. Wasn't that Billy Crystal's mom who said that? I'm pretty sure oh, she's the actress that, that the said, actress? I'll have what she's having. Oh. Yeah, it was Billy Crystal's mother. Well, I kind of had an interesting follow-up uh, okay. to this. So Famous I, I Cat's Deli. You, Oof. There's five correct answers, okay? Pastrami, roast beef. <laughs> so I was going to say, name the five... Well, what I would do is three for ten. Corn beef. Four for twenty. If you can name any of the five sandwiches listed under Cat's Deli's favorites. <sighs> I mean, did I just get any? Pastrami? Yeah. yeah, start from the top so I can actually. I mean, you're, you're saying the answers while I'm asking the questions. So okay. I don't have it exactly. All right, so go ahead. Pastrami. Pastrami number one. Number one on the board. It's the, the greatest legendary. It's the greatest pastrami. meat ever. If you if you haven't had a pastrami, it's the I, I I can find no no lunch meat anywhere close to that. It's just it that it'll king, it'll the king of lunch meat. It'll hurt no you doubt. if you eat it too frequently. 
That is not something to It'll mess swell with. you up. It'll swell is what yeah. happens. It'll, it goes, the salt goes right there. All right, so hand. I'm going to say corned beef. Number two. This man's on a roll. Um, Three to go. Turkey. Ah, oh, the fifth one on the board. Just slipped it in. If you go to Cat's Deli and order a turkey sandwich. You should be shot. You should be shot on this. Unless snack. you have a medical reason. Right. Right. And or 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 I'll say this: the double decker sandwiches that you can cut with turkey, like a pastrami turkey, delicious. That's fine. You're like a combo. A combo like a, is perfectly combo. acceptable with turkey because turkey is the perfect second meat. It doesn't take away from the first meat, but it's not all the first meat. Did I ever tell you the decoy sandwich? No story. No. Amazing uh, that you still have a story you haven't told me after twenty <laughs> something years. Yeah, so I have an uncle who uh, is married to my aunt, and it was uh, late. We were in Ocean City, Maryland, uh, renting a house with a bunch of people, and it's like one thirty in the morning, and they deliver this food, and it's, like, you know, pizza, cheese, steaks, and, you know, just all that kind of 2 a.m. food. 2 a.m. You know, food. mozzarella sticks, whatever, and there's like, th- you know, it's like three of us still up, and the girls are upstairs asleep, and my one buddy... Turns to the, my uncle and I, and he goes, who ordered a turkey sandwich dry? And my uncle goes, oh, that's in case uh, my wife wakes up and sees all this food. <laughs> <laughs> he bought a decoy sandwich. A decoy. So if, she came, if she came downstairs, like, like, what did you order? And he's like, I, I got a dry turkey. <laughs> a dry turkey sandwich. What? What's wrong with that? That's the only time it's acceptable. That's the greatest thing in the world. He's got to have a decoy sandwich (laughs) just in case. Throw her off the scent. (laughs) That is. Pizza cheesesteak. All right, I'm going to go roast beef. That's where you missed. And you said it earlier. Yeah. So you got got one more guess. You got two sandwiches left on the menu. And if you. People love tongue, and I can't stand tongue, but is tongue on it? Tongue is available for sale, but it is not one of the. Thank God, two. that makes me feel much better. Um, the other two, the brisket sandwich. Oh, okay. Never would have thought that. And a favorite of mine, Swiss, Russian, and kraut added to your pastrami or your corned beef gets you a Reuben. Reuben. Oh, you see, but that's not fair though, because I yeah, knew Reuben was pastrami, it, and that's I was, why I did four out of. That's uh, why I did four out of five. All right. You know, right, see that you know, the Reuben is is a work of art. There there may be nothing quite like the Reuben. The Reuben is where is the way to go. Yes, yeah, so I'm all over the pastrami Reuben. Oh yeah, and, or if you want to mix it up, a half pastrami, half turkey Reuben is also excellent. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. Or you could go pastrami and corned beef and throw some uh, spicy mustard on it. That's true. All right, I have another food follow up for you, and and uh, this is you gave me good segue here, so. What a popular Italian appetizer was actually created in 14th century France, Nick? And I'll say this. It's not uh, Italian is a bold term. This is more like a pizza place appetizer than it is a, you know, a gourmet Italian appetizer. Okay. All right. So uh, commonly found at pizza places, what appetizer was actually created in 14th century France? All right, now when I do the pizza place thing, I usually don't do appetizer. I usually do a salad because I'm already having pizza. In a tin? <laughs> a salad in a tin? <laughs> yep, a salad in a tin with that white top on it yes. that it makes so popular. Uh, let's see. What, you know, it's the one thing jumps out at me. I can't imagine it being fried raviolis. Um, I mean, zucchini sticks is his favorite, but uh, I, I don't know. It's funny because the mozzarella just doesn't seem like something that would come from France. Mm. All right, mozzarella sticks. You just you got made it. a noise. I did. I did make a noise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I gave it away. <laughs> I can't help my noises. Sometimes. It's just so hard to get to France with mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks were invented in France in the 14th century. They were in an official cookbook. How about it? So, I love how like French fries were invented in Belgium. Well, because mozzarella, 
Mozzarella comes from buffalo's milk, right? Right. So who's thinking buffaloes in France? But that is got to be the clear cut, most popular appetizer at a pizza place. Yeah, absolutely. And I would venture to say few people realize it's been around for 700 years. That's true. Yeah. How are they frying it up? Yeah. Uh, in, they they had long uh, winding sticks of cheese breaded, and they fried it in a big, uh, uh, you know, one of those big uh, boiling black pots, and then pulled them out. Hmm. All right, my turn. Indeed. I feel like I uh, had a tough one to open up for you. I got anything here that is uh, a little more reasonable? Because this one, well, this one's tough. I mean, I could give you multiple choice on it, but it's interesting nonetheless. I mean, I guess I could give you this clue. Not really known for its horns. What is the only mammal born with horns? So all mammals, like, they grow their horns, except for this one. This one this came one, out with horns. Yes, and, and it is not known for it. So, you know, certainly not the Texas Longhorn. I feel like don't goats have little little baby horn stubby things going on? Hmm. Let's see. That's a bad guess. Let's go with uh let's see, not known for horns. That's tough because I'm gonna say goat. Nah, they do goats do have horns, but yeah, they're not born with them. Uh I this is what it's like not even I don't even think of this animal as having horns. But giraffes. Oh, yeah, no. I definitely definitely don't think of those animals having horns. I have recently seen a whole field of baby giraffes running around. Uh, it was posted on the internet not too long ago, and it was quite a sight. Yeah, and they got horns. They do. They do have horns. They're just not They're not what you think of as horns. They're like, they almost look like antlers. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're they have like, like little like, balls. Like little, yeah. They're used to like fight each other, I think, like mostly. One thing that I, I did read recently, it's funny about giraffe trivia, because, of course, you know, who doesn't love giraffe trivia? Um, giraffe's tongues are filled with melatonin uh, to prevent them from being sunburned because their tongues are exposed in uh, high desert conditions uh, almost half the day as they're eating. Well, do you know what color a giraffe's tongue is? No. Now that you bring it up. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. I was actually licked by a giraffe once. Yeah, I, I I've... Seen a giraffe up close? I fed it. I fed it. So I'm gonna say yeah, pink. No, they're black. Oh, there you go. Giraffe has a black tongue, like a tongue of like sandpaper. Yeah, but that's because it's, it's filled with melatonin, right? To prevent from right. sunburn. Well, so. that's why I had to. I had to ask that follow up. What you what you mentioned, the giraffe's tongue. Because I have a dead. picture of myself and my daughter feeding a giraffe, and the look of horror on her face is this. Tongue. Where were you feeding the giraffe? Was uh, Miami. Oh, it's in Miami. Because I forget where I was able to feed a giraffe. Cape May Zoo has giraffes. Yeah, but you can't feed them. No, that's true. The Cape May Zoo, I hope somebody that has a position over there is listening to this. Whoever set up the giraffes over there, are you kidding me? They feed the giraffes 300 yards away from where the people are at. And the giraffes are always hanging all the way down. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. When you walk up, they're always to the right. You can barely see them. That's true. It's like, let's keep these giraffes as far away from everybody else who's here to see them. Or build a bridge over to where the giraffes are so we can go over and take a look. There's always 40 people standing in that corner over there all stretching over trying to take a look to the right. And then there's like four giraffes 300 yards uh, down. You can barely see them. Yeah, fantastic. Dumbest, dumbest setup of all time. Well, all right, let's move on to uh, sports. I think that was a excellent uh, foray into general knowledge. I have... Uh, Certainly general. Very general. Be- between mozzarella <laughs> sticks and giraffe uh, horns, I think you can get a... Uh, and profane. Hey, pastrami. Profane pastrami. Um, all right, Nick, true or false? When Brady faced Foles last night on Thursday Night Football, it's the only time in NFL history two former Super Bowl quarterbacks fa- squared off on new teams. I did not know where you were going with that until you asked that particular question. Um, well, 
there was not as much movement in the league as there has been in the last 20 years. So I would think this would fall under something more recent. Um, can I think of a, like a, I'm just, so, so we repeat the beginning again because I forget how you ask it. Sure. When Brady faced Foles on Thursday night, it was the first time in NFL history a Super Bowl rematch of QBs on new teams has occurred. I'll say true. It is true. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Nice. In the How history of the NFL, that's the first time that has ever happened. And is there a more unlikely guy than Nick Foles to oh. be on the end of that question? <laughs> that guy. He has a charmed <laughs> life. He has, the, the, he has the best he nickname did what he ever. Did and, and won a Super Bowl. I, I mean, it's just hard. Watching that guy play quarterback. He was almost <laughs> out of the league twice. And, and when you watch the games, you're like, yeah, I understand exactly why. He was almost out of the league twice. twice. I mean, he, he is just, it's unbelievable that he did what he did. I mean, Amazing to reclamation to project. And to win outdoor. man. What a, what a guy. And, and he owns Brady. You know what I mean? He like, beat, he owns he Brady. Brady. He, he beat Belichick, you know, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's just like, forget it. How did that happen? I how still don't know happen? how that happened. I still, in in a, in a million years, never would have taken the uh, Eagles to win that game. I, I didn't I think it would be possible. I heard somebody actually mention that Foles is the reason that Brady and Belichick got into their, like, rift. Like, how they started uh, going at each other. Because Brady was like, dude, like, you let Foles hang that on you in the Super Bowl like he kind of never let Bill live it down and it caused you know the sort of their even though they went on to win a Super Bowl together after that the relationship kind of was never the the same well so I we, mean give the guy credit Nick Foles is like a like a, a phoenix rising from the ashes it's just you know one week he scores three points next week he beats Tampa Bay it's it's unfathomable did you see the end of the game? Did you watch the end of the game? I like? did, and and supposedly Brady didn't know what down it was. Uh, well, I think he's used to it. In New England, he gets five downs when he needs it. Yes, that's right. That's how it works. It is so funny watching one. him on Tampa Bay because it's just one holding penalty, one you know stupid play after the other. Did you and he see the going backwards? Not, and he's looking around like, what is? And it's like Brady. This is what the rest of the league has to deal with all the time. All the time. You just never had it in New England. Right. Guys made that mistake and they're on the street the next day. So it's I not. mean, you see this one play after the other. He's getting sacked. He's, getting, he's got second and 32. And it's just like. I'll say this. I, no idea. One of the most impressive plays I have ever seen in my life was uh, Khalil Mack yesterday took down Brady and then, like, one armed uh, Tristan Wirfs. To the ground, a 315-pound lineman. He just one-armed him off of him, and let. I've never seen more raw power out of a, a short six-foot-two, 250-pound man in my life uh, as what I saw out of Cleo Mack. Did you see that play? You know what I'm talking about, where he yeah, took down Brady. Yeah, he, he had quite a game. He, he had about five game-changing plays in that game. He, he's. Yeah, they they may not know how to pick a quarterback in Chicago, but they made a good trade with him. He he was worth it. Yeah. All right, let's uh, uh, move on. What do you got for me in sports? I have a couple more for you. All right. Uh, what is the only team to keep the Kansas City Chiefs without a first half touchdown during the Patrick Mahomes era? The only team to keep the Kansas City Chiefs without a first half touchdown. During the Patrick Mahomes era, uh, I know the answer to this. It is the Houston Texans. It's not correct. Ah, they had that huge lead. No, no, no. To keep the Chiefs without a first half touchdown. Right. I thought it was twenty-eight nothing at halftime or something. No, they they scored before the end of the half. Oh, I don't know. Then that was the best guess I could give you. All right. Well, here. Believe it or not, one guy has done it three times against them. the oh, wow. New England Patriots. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Nobody has been able to do it, and a guy that's not even in his division has done it to him three times. Well, it tells you how good a coach uh, Bill Belichick is. I'm... It tells me that he owns Andy Reid's play calling at the beginning of the games, I'll tell you that much. He does. Uh, cl uh, clearly, Bill has had a long history of owning Andy Reid. 
Well, that's right. It, it, you know, you know, the Chiefs do not want to see the Patriots in the playoffs. No, especially not with a defense that gets progressively better towards the end of the year. Right, like the Chiefs own the Ravens. Yes, but they don't want any parts of the Patriots. No, I I would agree completely. Um, all right, this is uh, extremely gettable, but just uh, a name I like to bring into uh, into the conversation every so often, just because of. Uh, you know, how old he is and, and how remarkable he was. But in men's college basketball, Nick, who averaged 44.2 points per game in 83 games played at LSU? So over an 83-game career at Louisiana State University, this player averaged 44.2 points a game in college All right, well, the obvious answer is Shaq, but I don't think it's right. That is correct. It is it not is right. Shaq? Okay. No, no, that is correct oh. that it's not right. <laughs> Shaq it's didn't even get off he didn't play. Get... He didn't play four years at, LS, right, right. at LSU okay. for starters. Yeah, there you go. Okay. See, back then they played more. What did he play? Two years? I can't even remember. I can't remember. I think he might have played two. Okay, all right. All right. Um, gosh, who went to LSU? It, I know it's not Simmons. Nope. This is an old school player. Yeah, that, that's. I was thinking just before Shaq. Oh yeah. But all time. Jerry legend. West go to LSU? That'd be a good guess. It's not right. Bob Cousy? Nope. Jeez. He's got know, a gr- he's got a great nickname. And uh, I could give you a local uh, hint. There used to be a bar in Pleasantville named after this guy. I think it's a liquor store now. No idea. Might have even oh, done quizzer sure. there. Pistol, Pistol Pete's. There Pistol. you go. Pete Maravich. Yep. Yeah, he went to LSU. He sure did. 44 right, points a game. In That's the all-time games. record? Oh, yeah. That's got to be the all-time record. Yep, Absolutely. That's before the three-point shot? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the craziest part. Guy's one of the best outside shooters of all time. There were no three-point shots. Ah, uh, good one. Uh, who just won the WNBA title? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the Aces, right? Yes? No. no, bummer. No, they were in it, though, so you paid attention. Enough. Well, I knew that they, just because our team is the Aces, so I saw that the Las Vegas Aces were, were listed. They uh, were in the championship. They got blown so out. So the Sparks? The, Ooh. The, you're right with the letter. You got the right first letter. The s- s- I don't know, man. This is their second championship in three years, Drew. You don't pay attention to this stuff? Bet you you know who won the NBA title last well, year. Well, Sue Bird uh, won it, didn't she? What is she? Is she that? Is that her team? Sue Bird's team. Sue Bird. Uh, is it the Seattle team? Yes. Not bad. Not bad. That's Sue You're Bird's way team. More versed, I... Yeah, way more versed in this than I would have thought. Yes, Sue Bird. I don't know their name though. Her man. team. I don't remember the name. Uh, Seattle. You said it starts with an S. Let's see if I can yeah. name them off my head, having not known the name. The Seattle. Seattle. Sun. Seattle Storm. Seattle. Sirens. Seattle Sirens. Seattle Storm. Sue Bird is thirty-nine years old. She's gonna be. She actually turns 40 this week. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did I get it? Did I get it with either of those? The sirens? Who's taller? The storm? Sue Bird or me? Sue Bird. Nope. I got her by an inch. Hey, there you go. Good for you, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I have her as like a, like a, like a, I, I, when I picture her in my head, I picture like a uh, Amazonian six foot 11. Right. Female Shaq, but, but she's not. She's no, a point guard. She's, she's 5'9", 150 pounds. Nah. What's the team name? Yeah, she plays point guard. The Seattle Storm. Oh, okay. See, I got it right. Guessing fake names. 
I said she was sirens the are the story. She was overall selection in the 2002 WNBA draft. She, I want to say she's married to a very famous soccer player. Maybe Megan Rapone, the captain of the women's team. I could look that up. But, uh. Oh, really? They're married? Yeah, I think so. How about it? What do you think net worth on something like that? A 20, you know, what is it? 19 20 year, year career, career in the WNBA. Well, she's yeah. famous. So I, uh, she, she, and she's on the women's national team too. So, um, you know, maybe her net worth is, is close to 10, 10 million. Oh, I would think. The, the website I just looked at Ooh. says five and a half. 5.3. Yeah. Yes. So, but you you don't know how accurate those things are. You never do. Um, plus, she you know, she definitely like, has earning power in terms of like clinics and camps and you know run like that. It's you know, Carly Lloyd is charging one hundred and eighty bucks for two hour session at Hamilton Elite. <laughs> so per kid, how much? One hundred and eighty dollars. And how long do you get? Two hours plus a meet and greet T shirt and uh, backpack. I uh, know. Uh, all right, what do you got for me? In oh, you did. You just gave me the uh, the WNBA question. This isn't the first time we ever talked about WNBA in the show, so it's we're we're breaking ground here. Um, this is up your alley, but I don't know if you saw it. The NHL draft used what legendary announcer to announce draft picks in 2020? The NBA draft. The the NHL draft. The, the NHL, NHL draft, draft used what legendary? Okay, now. I have a hint here of what I call him. Legendary something. Now, I could just say media personality, um, but I use something specific that I think will give it away to you. Is it hockey-related, or it no, has nothing to do with nothing hockey? to do with hockey. But it does have something to do with hockey based on the nationality of this person, if that's a clue. Well, I would say it's somebody Canadian. Well, there you go. All right, so can you ask the question one more time? The NHL draft used what legendary announcer to announce picks in 2020? But I don't say announcer on the question that I asked. The Alex Trebek. You got it. What legendary yes. game show host to announce the picks? <laughs> did you see that? That they had I him? Did not. Yeah, I did not it, the, the actual the third pick in the draft they announced live on Jeopardy, and they and oh, they wow. did it in a question. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that is that's cool. Huh. Good one. All right, let's move on to some geography history. What do you say? I say yes. Let's do it. I got one for you. All right, go for loaded. it. Uh, what country had the first Disney theme park located outside the U.S.? What country had the first Disney theme park located outside the U.S.? It's a great question. All right, so I know there's Euro Disney in France. I know that Japan had a Disney. I'm gonna say Japan. You're right. Tokyo Disney yeah. opened in 1983. Yeah, that's right. For Euro Disney. Yes. I, I knew both of those existed, but I, I seem to remember that Japan had a Disney earlier than Euro Disney because they were making reference to it when Euro Disney launched. But it's uh, oh, awesome. Great question. Um, all right, Nick. This is a true or false for you. The third person on the moon's first words were whoopee. True or false? True. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talk about a contrast. <laughs> one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Pete Conrad goes up. His first word is whoopee. Whoopee. Yeah. And how about that? Do you ever hear that story about Michael Collins, the other spaceman? The third guy who drove yeah. the ship. The lunar capsule. On the moon, right? right. He couldn't go on the moon. That's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Pete Conrad is the third guy on the moon. Totally separate trip. How do you not let Michael Collins go on the moon? I wonder, did anybody ever interview him? Did he not want to go on it? No, it was protocol. They wouldn't let him because somebody had to stay in the lunar capsule at all times in case something happened. Right, but you're, so you're saying like Armstrong and Buzz couldn't hold the fort down while Mike went for a trip? Like I, I think he was the one who knew how to pilot, and he wasn't allowed to leave. There was there was something specific to why he was not allowed to leave. Isn't it hilarious that 
they don't all know how to do everything. That's on crazy there. Like, to me. <laughs> would you feel? Wouldn't you feel more comfortable knowing how to do everything just in case something happened to the other two guys? Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think you, I would. I think show, I would shoot uh, for the cross training. Did you watch the show Away on Netflix? No. Uh, it's actually it's very good. Uh, uh, and it's about a trip to Mars. There's five of them, and you know NASA. Uh, the first, it's the first manned space trip to Mars. Uh, it's very good, but it's five people that all have their individual skills. So, like, if something goes wrong, you're you know you're required to depend on one person to do one thing, and it's just like, well, what if that person dies? Right? You know what I mean? Like, how do the other? Then <laughs> like, what? All be trained on this machinery before we. Yeah, I, I would say that that's a sound strategy in the future is to cross I will train. say one thing, though. After watching that show away, if I do go to Mars, I'm going on uh, something built by Elon Musk and not by something built by NASA. I'll tell you that much. There technically is no NASA anymore compared to Elon Musk. He is, he is NASA. I am NASA. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that is that is an excellent one. So uh, what, what do you have for me in geography history? I still got one more left. All right, I got a two for 10, all three for 20 here. The third largest island in the world, Borneo, mm. is shared between what three countries? The world's third largest <laughs> island, Borneo, is shared <laughs> by what three countries? Two for 10. So Borneo's not a country? Borneo is not a country. It Darn, because uh, that would have been my at least one chance of getting. It is Asia's largest island. Man. And it's shared between three countries. That's crazy. I don't know the answer to this. I, I, I don't even know. Uh... Well, if you think of the two countries that are just a mess of islands in Southeast Indonesia Asia, and the Philippines. That's one. Nah. Well, Indonesia is, would have been one of my guesses. So, mess of yeah. islands. Let's see. Um, what other countries? There's another mess of islands that's a country right next to Indonesia in the same area. Yeah. It's not the Philippines. Uh, no, it's larger than that. It's larger than the Philippines. Hmm. Yeah. Jeez. And then the other one is tough because it's just like a little tiny nation that's on there too. So, you know, as I'm saying, this one's larger than the Phil. I know land area it is, but I wonder population. The only thing that's popping into my head is like, like Taiwan, but I know that's a lot shorter than the Philippines, and it doesn't share an island with anybody. All right, so as I say, it's got way less people than the Philippines. The Philippines has 106 million people. This country has 31 million, so it's actually smaller than the Philippines. Oh, okay. Um, it's not – let me see in terms of land area. I mean, does, does Australia share it with them? Or? No. Uh, uh. No, I'm trying to think of another – it was famous for some very tall buildings it had. At one point, the tallest building in the world was in this country. Um, I'm not sure if I can really come up with. All right, so area 72nd. I mean, is this like, is this like a popular country? Like something that I would... Yeah, I mean, you're going to know the name of it immediately when you hear it. It's just... Well, I'll know the name of almost any country I hear, but as far as, like, I mean, I'm trying to think of any clues towards this. The only thing that comes to mind is it once had the largest buildings in the world in it. I I mean, you know. Like Malaysia? Yeah, Malaysia. That's it. Oh, okay. Because that that building before uh, the UAE building, that was the... What was it called? Was was one of the biggest buildings in the world. The Petronas Tower. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, Petronas Tower. They were in Malaysia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I so wouldn't even be able to. Malaysia, and the other one is just a small little country famous for a very very rich sultan. Mm, not not ringing a bell. Brunei. Oh yeah, yeah, the Sultan of Brunei, of course. Yes. I was gonna say like Papua New Guinea. 
That's where Brunei is. It's on Borneo. There you go. Well, that see that makes sense. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty close. Uh, all right, excellent question. Nick. I did not know that, and I love learning new things uh, this late in life. Makes me happy. Um, okay, Nick, whose tomb? Once a frequently visited landmark was lost in Egypt after the 1500s. Uh, one more time. Whose tomb, which was once a frequently visited landmark, was lost in Egypt after the 1500s? Uh, let's go with Cleopatra. Oh, it's a great guess. That's a great guess. Same dynasty, wrong person. But Cleopatra's tomb is also missing. Um, but that was that's been missing for a lot longer. So we talk in Ptolemy. Who is even before Ptolemy? Oh man, I who's the who's the head of that? Who started uh, Greeks running Egypt? Uh, Ptolemy was a general. Who's general? Uh, Antony. No, uh, that came much later. He was. I, yeah. I could, I could tell you the story. Ptolemy. There was like twelve generations of them before, like four hundred years of Ptolemies before they got to uh, the Roman conquest. Yeah, I, mean, I had no idea at this point. Ramsey? Alexander the Great. Oh, Alexander the Great. Okay. Uh, so Alexander the Great's tomb was a tourist attraction all the way up until the 1500s. People, uh, historical writers who have visited, then they some fire happened or something in the 1500s, and it was completely lost. And now no one knows where it is. Huh. They assume... They stop looking for it? Well, the problem is where people assume it is at the crossroad of these two streets is now the site of the holiest mosque in Alexandria, so they can't excavate. Excavate. So huh. yeah, it's been it's been lost for time, but it used to have a whole thing like a, like you know it was a big famous tourist attraction. Uh, <laughs> imagine something like just sitting in Alexandria right now is Alexander the Great's tomb somewhere underground. Wow. Yeah, you wouldn't think by fifteen hundred they could lose something like that. That's what. That's exactly what I thought. You you'd figured they'd make a note of where it was. Be like, hey, it's here. Right here. Yeah, but again, you know, you, you think of like in 1500 what it was like, and we think of what it was like in like, you know, maybe Rome or Florence or Paris, you know. Egypt was what, not. What was way, it right? like in Egypt? Yeah, the in Mamelukes were running Egypt, which is one of the great names ever, the Mamelukes. <laughs> I don't think it's nice to call somebody that, though. No, that was the actual name of them. That was That was right. their actual name i was not saying it disparagingly but that's who gotcha, that's gotcha. who napoleon defeated when he took over egypt uh briefly before did you ever hear that story so napoleon's in egypt and he brings 150 scientists down where they discover the rosetta stone um but he's not a naval guy napoleon and his naval commander said hey we should take our ships out of the port of alexandria they're vulnerable here we should get them somewhere a lot safer he's like no no no, no. keep them there Napoleon goes off on his expedition, looking at the pyramids, sailing around, taking notes. Meanwhile, the English uh, Navy sails in uh, right at uh, at uh, dusk and just obliterates Napoleon's Navy and leaves him completely stranded in Egypt. And that was the beginning of the end uh, for him. It's amazing that some, for some reason the Italians picked up that term mamaluk to mean like a moron. <laughs> Probably because that's who they were fighting, and uh, but now Napoleon's army loved fighting the Mamelukes because they were on horses with swords and they had cannons and guns, and uh, it was not much of a fight. Let's just put it that way. Plus, the Mamelukes were notorious for uh, bringing all of their wealth into battle for some reason because that makes a lot of sense. So all of their gold was like sewn into their outfits, and they're wearing these giant gems on their heads and everything. So the uh, the French soldiers were pretty excited about beating them in battle. Let's put it that way. Huh. So, there you go. All right. All right. You ready to move on to entertainment? I am. All right. I'm going to start you with this question, Nick. What U.S. city has a bronze statue of Arthur Fonzarelli in its downtown? One more time. 
What U.S. city has a bronze statue of Arthur Fonzarelli in its downtown? Philly's got like Rocky. I feel like it's got to be Milwaukee. It is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Woohoo! Arthur Fon Whoopi Arthur Fonzarelli. That now like that it. is somebody to honor, right? If you're a city, you're like, who should we build a bronze statue of? The Fonz. And like, what do you got for me in entertainment? All right, let's see if you can figure this one out. Who is both the youngest ever and the first African-American nominated for the Best Director Academy Award? This was for the same, this was the same moment in time. The youngest ever and the first African-American nominated for the Best Director Academy Award. Wow. Phew. I don't have the slightest idea. This is an awesome question, though. I didn't know that this. Um, so that's yeah, the was same that, it was for year? the same. Nom- it was the same nomination. So I'm going to say John Singleton. You got it. Boys in the hood. Boys in the hood. There you go. That's a how about it? Awesome question. The, the first guy that comes to my mind when I think of groundbreaking directors, uh, African-American groundbreaking directors, is John Singleton. Do you ever hear that story about I didn't how- realize how young he was, because, like, you just don't, you know, you don't, like, know the director, right? He so died. when that movie came out in 1991, died. well, yeah, he's, he died at age 51 last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, yeah, so he was only 24 years old when he got nominated for Best Director. Think of that, 24 years old. His the story of that's even uh, incredible. Like I, I think he was with, um, was with Ice T, all right, or, or Ice Cube, uh, like years before Boys in the Hood was being made, and he was like an in, he was interning on the lot of something, right? So he was just you know he was a nothing, and he went up to Ice Cube and said, "Hey, I'm writing this script and it's going to be incredible, and I want you to play you know the main role." And the guy's like, uh, okay, kid, like, <laughs> sure, sounds great, right? But literally never thought anything of it. Two years later, uh, Cube gets brought in to read for this part, and sitting right across from him is John Singleton. He said, I told you. And he's yeah. like, what? He's like, you? He's like, yep, me, this. Right, because they were probably the same age at the time, but, like, one was Ice Cube and the other was, like, a film student. Yes, you know what I mean. It's, it's, <laughs> it's precisely correct. It's like, yeah, okay, great kid. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that when it comes in. But did you ever see Boys in the Hood? Yes, amazing movie. Very good. Very yeah, good. Very one of the, good. one of the best ever made for sure. Um, didn't we go like wandering around Compton because of that? I wouldn't call it wandering around. I mean, I think what we did was we drove through at like noon. We wanted to see. Yeah, we wanted to see what Compton was because everybody was was like, oh, it's the most dangerous place you'll ever go to. And I think the impression Nick and I had was it was lovely. Like it it certainly Uh, it it certainly didn't feel like the worst place I've ever seen. It was better than the Bronx. Yes, I would take Compton over the Bronx (laughs) any day of the week. Not even (laughs) comparable. There was like a Verizon store. Yeah, remember we were like at a strip mall, and I was like, I, I mean, the way they make this place out, it seems terrible. It's not that bad. Well, what was there was a movie that they made about like a guy who gets stranded. Yeah, uh, the, the Fight Night movie with Jeremy Piven, and and you remember like they go to see a fight or something. Yeah, what's that movie called? <sighs> Let's see, I could get it pretty quickly. Um, so I think we had to see that it's it's pretty much like the car breaks down and they have to like they bought escape. an RV, yeah, and they just they broke down in the wrong neighborhood. Yeah. So I had visions of like that movie is what I had visions of, uh, but no, it's, it was like you said. What is the let's see the name of that movie. I mean, the way real estate is out in California now, we could probably barely afford anything out in Compton. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I'm sure everything is a, is a burgeoning suburb at this point. Let's see, what was the name of that movie? That was a good movie. Um, yeah, was it something Night? It definitely was something Night. Uh, let's see what we got here. Jeremy Piven's Filmography. 
Over under 100, Nick. How many movies has Jeremy Piven been in? I would think under. It doesn't seem like the type of guy that does that many movies. But... Or credits, I should say. Over under 100 credits. Well, credits could you know, be uh, yeah over 100 credits, I'll say. 99. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he was in Again, Black... like I said, he doesn't, he doesn't do a lot of stuff. He was in Black Hawk Down. He's been in a lot of interesting things. Um, it wasn't that movie. Let's see. My positive Jeremy Piven was in it. Pretty sure. I when I when I close my eyes, I picture that movie. I picture him. See, right. it's funny. I don't. I, I picture Dennis. Uh, Dennis Leary. Oh, that's a much easier one to look up. You're right. He's the bad guy, isn't he? Isn't Dennis Leary like the? I just found it. Boss? I just found it. It's called Judgment Night. Judgment Night. There you go. Makes sense. Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Dennis Leary. Yeah, I don't know why I put Jeremy Piven in there. So, all right. Well, that's an excellent movie to go look up. Judgment Night. Right. That came out, like, in 1993. So, like, that was sort of what I had in my head, picturing uh, not wanting to break down. Yeah, Jeremy Piven was in it. He played Ray Cochran. Yeah, I remember that that was, like, the first time I saw him on screen. And then he was in PCU not too long afterwards, which was one of my favorites. Yeah, Dennis Leary played Fallon. Yeah. Dennis Leary's un- low-key underrated as an actor. Well, people love that show that he's in. I don't watch it, but like the Fireman show? Yeah. Is it called? Yep. Rescue Me? Yeah, Rescue Me. He had a long run on that. I, I love Dennis Leary. Um, all right, let's see what I got uh, for you. All right, I I, uh, I tease this as the uh, in the opener, but uh, let's see how you do with this one. What world capital was Eddie Van Halen born in, Nick? Amsterdam? Yes. Eddie Van Halen is from Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Yep. All right. So all over that. Fantastic. What did you have for me in the... Eddie Van Halen, you're right back. What uh, musical name is Eddie's middle name? Oh, he's a... With music. Uh, Ludwig? You got it. Right? Ludwig. Yeah. Edward Ludwig Van Halen. Yeah. Edward Ludwig Van Halen. All right. Legend among legends. We should get to this conversation. I got to see him. And I got to see him on the David Lee Roth reunion tour at Boardwalk Hall. And to this day, may have been one of the top five shows I've ever been to. Even though he says he wasn't playing that well and whatever else, man, getting to hear the old original Van Halen stuff with David Lee Roth was... (laughs) My God, uh, one of the greatest nights ever. Do you ever get to see Van Halen live? Yeah, I saw Van Halen live in probably, I mean, I could either say, it was either like 94, 95, or 96 uh, at Garden State Arts Center, and it was Sammy Hagar. Yeah, that's a great, uh, that's a great run, run, too, the Sammy Hagar awesome. run. Yeah, it was right after, I want to say that song, like, Right Now was out. That Love became, that song. It was like, kind of like a big hit. Yeah, it was like that, that time. Was so, that a greatest hits album that came out that right now was on, or did that have its own album? That was its own album. That was, uh, I want to say, fifty one fifty, maybe. For right now, that was the name of the album. Something like that. It's like fifty one fifty. That was that was the first major Sammy Hagar release. Any uh, idea who the third lead singer of Van Halen was? Yeah, I definitely have an idea. I definitely have an idea. If we really want to make Eddie roll over in the grave, we'll play that guy's how, stuff. How did I not? How did I not come into this with, with this guy's name on my mind? I've never forgotten this guy's name. <laughs> it's like if I could get any kind of a letter or anything, I know I could get. G. I, I, mean, I know. G is his first first initial. G S sir is initial. Gary Sharon. Yes. Gary. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I just needed a lead a singer of the band Extreme. Who's that's it. Number one hit, More Than Words. <laughs> Couldn't be anything less Van Halen-ish. <laughs> Did you ever hear that album, the Gary Sharon Van Halen album? Uh, Van Halen 3? Yeah, 
No, I mean, so so he was before Sammy. No, after. Right, right. That's where he just got arrogant. He's like, I don't even need these lead singers. I'll just grab this guy from Extreme. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say arrogant. The two of them hit it off, and they started collabing, and you know, he invited them to become the new lead singer of Van Halen, but it did not work out well. It, it barely lasted. They did one album, and it was not a good album. But uh, let's talk about the good stuff for Van all Halen. Right, so, yeah, all right, so all right, right now was on an album called uh, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know what that stands for, don't you? For uh, unlawful carnal knowledge, F U C K. Right, gotcha. <laughs> so I probably knew. I probably did know that back in '91. Yeah, I do think fifty-one fifty was the first Hagar uh, Pound, album, though. Yeah, Pound Cake was on that album, right? Okay. Yeah, it wasn't. It just didn't sell that. that uh, you want to play the uh, the Van Halen uh, Spotify game? No, OU eight one two was Sam Hagar's, right? Wasn't that his first one? That was one of them, for sure, but I know 5150 was also, let's see. We'll get the discography out there. I love okay, that yeah, so 5150 was 86. That So, man, Sammy Hagar was already with them by 86. So, yep. yeah, I never really, I never would have had a chance to see. Um, David Lee Roth. Yeah, I didn't either. I was way too I was way too young. Reunion. But then the reunion yeah. hit and I was like, Oh my god. And I loved early Van Halen. Like it, it's funny, I, I I I respect the Sammy Hagar period and I like a lot of the songs there, but it, it's so different. You know what I mean? It's just like completely different bands. Yeah, I think I'm probably in the minority and I, I'm probably on the other side of this, but I think I like the Sammy Hagar stuff better. I, I don't know. Well, what is... All right, so let's play the Spotify game. Number one Van Halen song of all time. Jump. Yes. It's not even close. It's double right. the next. Care to guess how many plays? Oh, uh, 400 million. Dude, you are so good at this game now. 387 million. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I, don't, I can't even calculate within like 98.5%. Yep. Pretty good. And uh, Pretty good. care to guess number two? You mentioned it already today. Panama. You got it. 162 million plays. All right, so Nick, what do we uh, what do we send the Quizzo crowd out with on episode 182, the Van Halen tribute slash John Lennon tribute episode? Give me a song. Well, we got to go Van Halen, right? Yes, we do. Let's oh. give on. You like the Hagar phase? You want to do some Hagar? Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? How about Why Can't This Be Love? Good enough for me. All right, folks. 182 is in the books. We will see you next week.